Today, we look more in-depth at some of the players the Islanders may have to trade away in order to sign Nazem Kadri, and we look at why the Islanders are in such a bad cap situation. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Friday or weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout the offseason, including any of the latest news concerning the possible signing of Nazem Kadri or any other free agent, trade rumors, coach changes, you name it, we'll have it for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast throughout this offseason. So, you know, a lot of rumors going around still about Kadri and nothing is official, but the one thing that everybody has been talking about is that if the Islanders want to make that deal, if the Islanders want to bring somebody in, they've got to move somebody out. And, you know, we've talked about some of the guys they may have to move. The Anthony Bevilliers, the Josh Baileys, maybe even J.G. Pajot as a possibility. Kyle Palmieri as an outside possibility. But, you know, many of these players, it would require a sweetener. You know, if you're going to get somebody to take the Josh Bailey contract or the Kyle Palmieri contract off the Islanders' hands... Nobody is going to be all that thrilled with it because these players, given their age and their salary, not really worth what they're getting paid by NHL uh, standards as far as the cap hit versus production and potential is concerned. And the one guy the Islanders may not have to sweeten the deal for is Anthony Bevilier. And why? Well, I I think if you look at the numbers, you'd understand. 
Bavillier is coming off a subpar, disappointing kind of a season where he had only 12 goals and 34 points in 75 games, was a minus 10 plus minus. But here's the thing about Bo. Bavillier still is just 25 years old. And that gives him a little bit more value. Yeah, you know, he's got two more years left on his contract at 4.1 or $4.2 million a year. But at the age of 25, he has speed. Certainly, I think most general managers would be willing to say, you know what, he's in a very defensive-oriented system on the island. So, you know, if he has the 12 goals and 34 points in an off year, it's easy to see him getting closer to 18 or 20 goals in a full season and maybe 40 to 45 points. Now, his highest point total in a year Right now, 39, which he had back in 2019-2020, a season which ended after 68 games. So, over the course of 82 games, had COVID not interrupted that season, you're talking about maybe 21 goals and 45 points by the time all is said and done. I don't think it's that far-fetched to say that a general manager looking at Bavillier can say, yeah, we can get... 20 to 25 goals and 45 to 50 points in a more offensive-minded system with the right line mates for Anthony Bavillier. And I think for that reason, it probably makes the most sense to deal Bo. The problem is you're taking away another winger, and if you're substituting Kadri for Bavillier, the team is getting older, and you still have to figure out which center, whether it's Nelson, Pajot, Sezikis, or Barzal, or Kadri, if you add him, one of those five guys is going to have to get moved to wing, and or has to be part of another trade to bring in more cap relief, and hopefully get that goal-scoring winger that this team lacks and needs so badly. So it is a little bit complicated in that regard where you don't want to bring in uh, another older guy on a roster that's already older. Now, I know the Islanders are in win-now mode. This is, as I've said, an older roster. This is a team that the prospect cupboard, it's not completely bare, but the Islanders ranked 30th uh, among the 32 teams in the league, according to the Hockey News, as far as the prospect pool was concerned. Now, maybe that goes up a little bit after the great uh, season and postseason by William DeFore, but it's not going to go up from 30 to 12. It's going to go up from 30 to 28 or 27. So, realistically, you know, Kadri, it's consistent with the M.O. of Lou Lamorello, but it's also one of those situations where 
if you don't win the Stanley Cup in the next, let's say, two, maybe three seasons, and you don't make some kind of trade to really replenish the farm system, that come, let's say, 2026, boy, this team really could fall off in a big way, and we as fans do not want to see something like that happen. So we got to keep an eye on it. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how the Islanders got into the salary cap mess that they have. And we have an email from a listener concerning the potential Kadri signing and whatever trades have to be made, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Now, let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, like all Built Bars, They're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassles of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs have only 160 calories, but they pack a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It is the perfect treat, or you could find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. And what's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So here's... uh, a situation where let, let's go first to our listener email. Uh, Pete writes, hi Gil, Pete here. Great show today as always. Love your perspective and your direct rep- approach regarding all things Isles. Question on the possible signing of Kadri. As you mentioned on the show, Lou certainly has to make some trades to fit Kadri under the cap. You mentioned that Lou loses negotiation leverage if he has already signed Kadri, but given Lou's odd behavior of keeping all the news locked down, I have to believe that all other GMs assume he has an agreement in place with Kadri, and if this is so, his leverage is already reduced. This leads me to my main point. We all knew we needed to get a top-scoring winger this offseason, and since we knew this, And since the cap amount is determined before the offseason, Lou was well aware of the need to make these trades in advance of signing whoever the winger was needed to be. This approach would have given Lou a lot more leverage, not only in making trades, but perhaps even in attracting a quality goal scorer. And now, since he has failed, he needed to make this Hail Mary potential signing of Kadri, who, while certainly a good scorer, is, as you pointed out, a center, which is what we don't need, and he's up there in age. Lou's trade of keeping quiet on all fronts is a tired act. While clearly he has a superbly successful career, it's time for him to move on and to find a GM who has a better finger on the pulse of today's game. Otherwise, we are sure to lose Matt Barzal 
after this upcoming season and will be even more difficult to get other players coming to the island. Thanks for listening, and again, great job with the podcast. So, Pete, first of all, thank you for the email. Thank you for the kind words about the show. I'll say this. I I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying, especially in the middle part. What you said about lose behavior, about keeping quiet, about uh, deals and trades and all of that, signings, yeah, it, it does reduce his leverage, but it's not reduced as much as if he announced the actual signing, and here's why. The numbers are official as soon as he announces it. Right now, it's rumored to be around $7 million per year on the cap hit. Maybe it goes to 7.5, 6.5, whatever it is, but let's assume the rumors are roughly right. Rumored to be is a little different than knowing the numbers. And as soon as the contract is announced and is official, other teams will know exactly what Lou Lamarillo is working with. Now, I'm not defending this quiet, all-quiet policy that Lamarillo has used, but thinking you know something and actually knowing it, there's a small difference. And I know I'm sort of nitpicking, uh, but overall... I think that that's sort of the logic behind Lou's thinking with not wanting to make the announcement. It doesn't give him a lot of extra leverage, but maybe it gives him a small, small amount. Uh, I think what you said about Lou knowing in advance what he was going to do at the trade deadline last year, he could have moved Andy Green, could have moved Cal Clutterbuck, gotten some younger players. I mean, like, Green, you knew wasn't coming back. Chara, you knew probably wasn't coming back. Clutterbuck, you could have put Ross Johnston into the lineup, and instead he extends Parise and Clutterbuck. And I like Parise and Clutterbuck, but again, uh, you know, trading either Chara or Green and getting prospects or cap space or draft picks, or just younger players in exchange for those guys certainly could have helped set things up a little bit better for the trade deadline this year, and I think that's a very good point. As far as Lou needing to be, you know, the Islanders needing to move on from him, look, this year is the last year of his contract, and it will be interesting to see whether or not uh, Lou signs an extension, retires, Uh, isn't asked back by the Islanders, although I get the feeling the way uh, management and ownership feels about him, he's going to be there as long as he wants to be there. And I think that the fact that we know we have this uncertainty about Lou Lamorello, and this is a little ironic if you think about it, but I think the uncertainty about his future may also be hindering the Islanders' chances of signing a free agent, where, okay, Lou Lamorello's the guy now, but if I sign a seven-year deal, if I'm Johnny Goudreau, for example, and I sign a seven-year deal to become an Islander, who's going to be there in year two, year three, year five of that seven-year deal? So I think that has a little something to do with it. But uh, overall, thank you so much, uh, Pete, for your comments and your question, and I think you make some very solid points. As far as the cap situation... 
The Athletic did uh, a ranking of all 32 NHL teams and where they stand with cap efficiency. And last year, the Islanders were 10th in the league. Where do you think they are this year? Well, if you said 25th, you were right. And 25th is a big problem. And it's easy to see why. You know, the way they rank it is sort of the probability of players meeting their cap hit. And the Islanders have three defensemen signed who exceed, the probability is they'll exceed the value of their cap hit. Now, you don't count uh, unsigned players, so Romanov and Dobson do not figure in to this. But Pelik, Pulak, Mayfield all exceed their value. But among the forwards right now, only one Islander forward exceeds his value. Well, okay, two, but Brock Nelson barely, barely exceeds it. And the other player who exceeds it is Zach Parise, who signed a deal for, you know, the minimum, more or less, the veterans minimum. Every other Islander forward listed in this article, Barzal, Bavillier, Palmieri, Clutterbuck, Martin, Bailey, Pajot, Ross Johnston, Casey Sezikis, and Anders Lee. All of them do not match their cap hit with their production and the projected production that they'll have based on age and statistics and all of the computer model uh, in the coming season. And you look at that, And that's why the Islanders are 25th right now in the league. Two years ago, they were 21st. Last year, 10th. Now back down to 25th. And I'm not going to give you the whole article, but here's the deal. Here's a quote from it that I think you'll find interesting. The Islanders are not a bad team, but they are spending a lot of money to be average with a lot of committed term to go with it. And there, in a nutshell, is the underlying problem that this team has and why they're having difficulty attracting that top goal scorer. We have got more to get to on today's show. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. Uh, a player who was with the Islanders in the early 2000 teens. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and some final thoughts coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And uh, Saturday is the 38th birthday of former Islanders forward Tim Wallace, the native of Anchorage, Alaska, attended the University of Notre Dame four years there. Then he wasn't drafted, but made his NHL debut in 2008-2009 with the Penguins, joined the Islanders in 2011-2012, but was dealt to the Tampa Bay Lightning during that season, later played briefly for the Carolina Hurricane, and then went on to finish his career in Europe, Uh, was back with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for part of 2016-2017 and then returned to Europe again. 
31 games with the Islanders in 2011-2012 had one assist and six penalty minutes and was a minus seven. Uh, Sort of a a depth winger, the kind of player who, you know, can fill in but never really shined in the NHL, was a much more productive player in the minors. Wasn't a big penalty minute guy either, but could provide you with some toughness. We go back and look at his best game with the Islanders, December 6, 2011 at the Coliseum. Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Islanders hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Matthew Garan is the goalie for Tampa Bay, while Al Montoya is in between the pipes for the Isles. And the Lightning get on the board first. Martin St. Louis, his ninth from Brett Clark. And Steven Stamkos at 6.55 of the first. Isles trail one nothing, but John Tavares equals it out at 14:01. Matt Molson and Kyle Oposo with the assist, so the top line evening things up for the Islanders. Then the fourth line strikes. Matt Martin, his third from our Islanders' birthday of the day, Tim Wallace and Marty Reasoner at 18:26. Isles up two to one. Then uh, former Islander Nate Thompson heads off for boarding. And Milan Yersina makes him pay. Islanders take a 3-1 lead on Yersina's first goal of the year. Franz Nielsen and Mark Streit with the helpers at 1954. 3-1 Isles after one. Second period is scoreless, but in the third, David Ulstrom makes it 4-1 Islanders. His first from Josh Bailey and Steven Steos at 319. And then Steven Stamkos is called for cross-checking. Matt Molson makes the Islanders lead. 5-1, to one. his 14th from Tavares and Mark Streit at 17:25. That was all she wrote, Islanders 5 and the Lightning 1 in this one. Al Montoya with 23 saves for Tim Wallace. He was on the ice for 9 minutes and 37 seconds, had one assist, his only point as an Islander, and he was a plus 2 in this game. And the 9,486 fans in attendance at this game go home happy with the big Islanders win. It will be interesting to see how this whole situation with uh, Nazem Kadri plays out. Who, if anyone, is dealt, whether or not the Islanders actually do sign Kadri, and how Lula Amorello goes about trying to free up some cap space for the Islanders. I think that a trade is going to be made, whether it results in Kadri or some other player joining the Islanders remains to be seen. I still think Kadri is not the ideal player for the Islanders. I want someone younger, and I want someone who is a winger, but I like Kadri as a player. I like the fact that he is a leader, that he'll play a two-way game, and that he has a Stanley Cup under his belt, but... I think you need to get younger, you need to get someone who is more of a pure goal scorer, and you need to get someone who is a winger, but obviously we'll keep you up to date if any news breaks over the weekend. So we'll see, but a lot of waiting right now for Islander fans, and I know it's tough, but we will stick it out together and we will have all the latest news, notes, and happenings for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders Your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. 
Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!